Briefly on Tuesday Night Flash, I recap season one. My name's Ian Austin, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. A few weeks ago, I started doing recaps of Flash as part of my podcast, Friday Night Fright. And then I slowly start realising the Flash isn't a horror show, so I need it to make it become something is, to do something is. So I launched Tuesday Night Flash. And now I'm on a race to recap every episode of Flash. And I will make it fast and I'll make it speedy. And when I'm done, you'll have every episode of Flash recapped. You will. That's my oath. I swear it. My name's Ian Austin. I'm the fastest podcaster alive. I've set the challenge of recapping every episode of Flash. And I've recapped every episode of season one of Flash. And now... It, the coronavirus has hit, and it's 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 very fast. So I'm still recapping Flash, but I'm not the fast faster than coronavirus. So um, yeah, here's the um part one of the recaps of season one, as episode three. If that makes any sense, this bunch of recaps, uh, other recaps I've done already because I'm trying about content, but I don't really have the energy. So yeah, here you go. Um, here's a bunch of Flash podcasts. Because I'm the fastest podcast alive. And I've just finished episode 10, Flash Season 1. Re- Revenge or Return of the Roads, which everyone's works better for you. It's an episode focusing on everyone's favourite supervillains in Flash Universe. Captain Cold, a.k.a. Leonard Snart, a.k.a. Michael Schofield. And Heatwave, a.k.a. Mick Rory, a.k.a. Lincoln Burroughs. Because, like I said, this takes place in Prison Break Universe. Saw T-Bag last week. They called him... Mr. TikTokman, I, I, he didn't really show any signs of his, uh, no, Prison Break character, aka, um, what's his Prison Break name? T-Bag, Theodore something, so Bagman, I don't know, something like that. So I assume that he, when reality was rewritten, something to flash, I'm sure, he lost his memories of being T-Bag, but Michael and Lincoln clearly haven't lost their memories, they're just playing parts. In this episode, we get, we find out they're playing parts of... Supervillains. It's a few weeks after the last Christmas episode in terms of on-screen time, and the Flash is trying to get faster and faster as it's amplified by Cisco setting a drone on him with machine gun attachment, which seems very dangerous. The machine gun almost shoots Barry, but he avoids it, and then they start firing torpedoes and missiles at Barry. One of them, which fires right at ground, knocks him back five feet. Barry demands that they fire harder. So they fire another missile, which Barry catches and then throws at the helicopter, which explodes. And he's sort of like, ha ha. He's like, look at what I did. And everyone's like, um, Cisco's like, uh, maybe we should use the lasers. And Harrison and Caitlin, like, no lasers. And it turns out Barry's doing this to get faster because he's not fastest man alive anymore. That's the man yellow suit, aka reverse flash. He's faster. And he's on loose despite not doing anything in three weeks. But from there, we pick up with everyone's favourite supervillains, Captain. Golden Heatwave, who are try- in a car lot, custom car lot, and they break in by freezing the metal door and then driving through it with car, which, okay, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's so entertaining that it doesn't matter. Immediately, Mick, a.k.a. Lincoln, Link, he's not really much like him. He was on Prison Break, and Prison Break is very reserved. Here he's batshit insane, screaming about how much he hates pits and really wanting to steal some cars, but Michael explains to them, we're not seeing cars, we're waiting for the Flash. We have 
cops are going to be in two minutes, but we'll wait for the flash. But flash doesn't come, and they're like, wait, what? And Lincoln's like, I really want to steal a car. And Michael's like, we're not stealing cars, but we need to leave now because cops are on their way and Flash hasn't arrived. So it turns out their plan in the episode is to draw Flash out of hiding for some reason. I don't really know why. But that's their plan. And the only way they can achieve that is they need to steal a piece of art, which is called the um, Firing Eye Spy, and it's owned by the Rathaways. But their plan is to steal that piece of art and lure the Flash out. So meanwhile, we get Kate Link. We get tension between Barry and Iris. Obviously, Iris is about moving bed in three days. I don't know how long it's been since the Christmas soap. They're really dragging that out. You know, you've we thought they'd move over the Christmas break, but apparently not. So Kate Link's dealing with her own storyline of Oh, Wrongy was there. So she's researching it, and she goes to see a man named Jason Rush after Barry Speed reads a book about Firestorm and finds out it's an acronym which stands for something I can't remember. So Caitlin's like, I'll go see Jason Rush, that'll be fine. She goes to see him at Jitters, but he's like, I, I, I worked on this with Professor Martin Stein, but I can't say anything because the military got involved. And no one jumps to the idea that maybe Wade Eiling was involved with it, considering he was involved with the suicide bombing plastic superhero from a few weeks ago. So from there we jump to Star Labs, and everyone's saying, Barry... Oh, you need to get faster. And they find out that Cold and Snart and Rory are back. Waves is like, you shouldn't go after them. You need to get faster. You know, leave it. Cisco and team get involved. They'll save the day. We'll make some special stuff for the police. And it'll fix everything. Indeed, special stuff turns out to be an ice-proof shield, which I don't understand how that works. Something to do with fibres or something like that. And they're like, this will protect cops. Failing to mention that it won't protect cops if they're nailed down and they're completely enclosed behind it because their legs are exposed if they stand up. You can just freeze their legs and then their legs will shatter. And also the fact that even if you create a freeze-proof shield, it's still going to be cold to touch, you know? Like, unless it goes round person, the cold air still going to get some. So it doesn't really add up, you know? That doesn't really make any sense, but that's fine. Cisco clean knows what he's doing more than I do, so, you know, that's fine. So Cisco makes these shields and they decide that they're going to give them to cops. So cops uh, get drop on um, Captain Golden Heatwave at an airport and they're using the shields and shields are working against Captain Cold. Captain Cold and Rory and, and uh, Lincoln have just stolen their firing ice painting from Rathways. Apparently they've disowned their song. Oh, I hope that's the storyline which picks up later on. So they've disowned their son and there's painting stolen and then cops arrive. Michael holds them at bay after the cold gun and two cops realise that the shields actually do protect them and for some reason Michael's not aiming at their feet or hands or face. He's aiming at their chests because he can't stop. So then Rory, Chip, Lincoln, I can't keep track of these names, Lincoln runs out and he's like, I hate birds! And he starts firing his heat gun everywhere and they're like, oh my god, these, these things which are temperature-resistant to ice aren't temperature-resistant to heat. And so like, how is it resistant one and not the other? I don't quite follow why Cisco would made it temperature-resistant. Wait, some cops get burned and two Joe manages to get a lucky shaft and shoots a heat gun and mitts like... Lincoln's so he's right. Michael's like, let's ride, and they run off with painting, and no one pursues them because apparently, like Michael walked onto a moving train a few weeks ago, something he's got the power to actually stop time. 
I'm just going to say it. Might come hang later on. So then they go to um, the police station, and Barry's like, I should have been doing something. And Jerry's like, yeah, you probably should have. But, you know, neat gets episode 45 minutes long. And be honest, Barry, with your super speed, these guys aren't a threat. So, you know, however we can get this episode to 40 minutes is fine for us. And, but Joe also explains that a lot of the cops, some of the cops have burn damage because apparently Cisco didn't make the the uh, shield burn resistant like an idiot. Just on the off chance that there was a heat gun, which Cisco knows because the heat gun was made by Star Labs too, but they don't bring it up for some reason. So then uh, Barry's like, I need to get involved. I need to stop this. And Joe's like, yes, you do. And then there's Caitlin is... Uh, leaving off seeing Jason Rush, the um, guy from the Firestorm thing, and then Captain Cold and Heatwave, after they burned the painting, mere dramatically, Heatwave being like, I love burning stuff. They're like, let's let's kidnap Caitlin. So they kidnap Caitlin. He's like, ah, and he frees her car, and they're like, ah, and she's like, ah, and they're like, ah. So they take her back to their lair, and then call the video, which essentially is Captain Cold, Michael, saying, oh, We've got this woman. Flash, we know you're real. Reveal yourself to public at large or she dies. And Gaten's like, no, that, that's dumb, Barry. Don't do it. Don't do it. And Mitt's like, Rah! and they stop the camera. And then Barry's like, I have to beat them up. And Joe's like, it's clearly a trap. Barry's like, but I have to fight them. And Joe's like, well, he's coming up to the final, to the third app, this TV show. We need an action sequence. You might have to fight them. And it's off. Joe shouts at Harrison and it's like, you, I hear my boy's words from your mouth and I don't like it. So then Barry's like, how how am I going to stop them? And Cisco's like, what you need to do is you need to run so fast that you cross the streams. And Barry's like, cross streams? And Harrison's like, I like Ghostbusters. And they're both like, wait, what? And they're like, Barry, you have to cross the streams because the heat gun operates at absolute heat, absolute hot. Cold gun operates absolute zero. If you balance them and cross the streams, there'll be an explosion. Barry's like, that doesn't seem like a very good idea. So this goes like, look, I make both guns. I'm saying it, do it. I'm saying it. And Barry's like, couldn't you just like make a heat proof suit and cold proof suit? And this goes like, what are you talking about, Barry? How do I do that? So then Barry goes out and um, he finds them and he fights them, and they're like, oh, and they're firing cold gun at him, and he's dodging, heat gun at him, and he's dodging, and police are nearby, they're like, we call him off perimeter, we can't let this spread past perimeter, and Barry forgets that he's got suit speed, and literally can move so fast, these guys can't react, keeps running at the, just shy of the cold and heat, it's like, I can't do this, because they keep hitting him, and no one says, hard to say, Barry, Barry, you literally move fast in speed, then speed of sound, you can move fast in heat and flame. There's like literally Barry, these things aren't going that fast, but Barry's like, I can't do it, I can't I can't do it. Meanwhile, Cisco and Joe are about rescue Caitlin. They get find the lab because Cisco's trapped the absolute heat temperatures and they find him, but Cisco sets off a trap and Caitlin's about to die. But Joe's like, No, and he tackles the ground and she doesn't die because the explosion goes off just shy of her. I don't know why they didn't you know, reinforce that chair to ground, but that's fine. So then Joe and Cisco are like, Yay, we saved Caitlin. And Cisco's like, Caitlin, I, I always save you. You won't die when I'm round. You won't die when he's round either, but it's mainly me. And Caitlin's like, oh, I'm so happy. Maybe next time I shouldn't go out. Well, there's two people I know who know me who are super villains are going around terrorizing Flash. Maybe I should go out with a buddy system. No. And also, Caitlin, you felt Blake's new test again. You spoke to Jason Rush, who's not a woman, about another man. 
enough men and about three men. So, you know, she really needs to pass this test at some point. Then Iris gets some crying scene and he's like, Iris, you shouldn't be here. And Iris is like, uh, yeah, and like, that's all we get for that. So then Barry is getting his ass kicked by two guys with guns because he can't outrun them. And he's like, I have to save the Flash. So he runs in for the shield and takes a brump two hits. And Barry does nothing to stop despite having super speed and having super reflexes. And he's like, Barry, I'm going to... Uh, Flash, I'm going to save you. And Flash's like, get out of here. And he runs them both away. And he's like, oh, I feel sick. You know, he... Oh, he looks really crazy. And then Barry's like, how do I stop them? And Cisco's like, cross the streams. And they're like... Barry's like, I can't... I can't go fast enough. And Harrison's like, maybe you should go slow. And Barry's like... Great idea. So he walks at the beams and they fire at him. In spite of that, the cold gun almost murdered, killed him on his own a few episodes ago. And heat gun is also operating absolute heat. He shows off the blows, walks forward and then moves back and beeps hit each other. And Michael's like, no. And Lincoln's like, no. And there's an explosion. Lincoln goes flying over a car, smacks his head on the ground. And I have to presume he's dead from the impact. And Michael rolls to the ground, goes, and then stops because he froze time, I guess. Eddie gets dropped on, on cold and it's like, you go in prison. He's like, oh, fine. And then we cut to CCPD. It's Mick, it's Lincoln's cursing up the store. It's like, you pig, you pigs, I'm the best. And then Joe points gun and goes, calm down. And Mike Lincoln's like, you pig. And then Cap Cole walks in and goes, I'm sorry about my partner. And Joe goes, yeah, he is hothead. And Cole's like, it's not, it's not funny. It's not funny. And then they drag Cold away and he's like, they're like, we're, you ain't getting out this time. He's like, aren't I? And they're like, what are you planning? He's like, I'm not planning anything. So he takes them away. Cisco says Caitlin that it'll, she'll always be safe with him. And they'll also find Ronnie. Um, there's no mention of the Raph Week if Merler or Price's painting or any of that jazz. Um, Barry says to Harrison and Joe, I'm going to keep fighting, you know, all this. Um, Iris moves in Veddy and we. Eddie's like, makes some uncomfortable grits about Joe and then walks off. And then Barry, Iris, and Joe say bye to each other, despite the fact that they'll all literally be together in the next episode in probably a group sequence, or maybe just three of them having <laughs> tea or something. And then our episode re really ends with our Cisco getting his cold and heat gun back. And it's like, Cisco, you're going to destroy him, right? And Cisco's like, no, I'm just going to put him in a box. You know, save them for when they come back. So then. Michael and Lincoln being taken prison. Lincoln's like, this could not possibly be your plan. Michael's like, it is. The Flash has revealed himself now. And they're like, Lincoln's like, yeah, and? What, what about the plan? And Michael's like, the plan is still in play. And then prison truck stops and door opens up and it's Michael's sister we don't see. And Michael's like, hey, sis. And Lincoln's like, wait, what? And I'm like, wait, what? They didn't have sister on prison break. Talk about retcons. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy with that retcon. But am I happy with the episode? I am. It's not as good as the first one with um, Captain Cold and Michael and that. But I did like dynamics. Problem is, they're such great characters that they just make wrestling's one-off villains look terrible. And also the fact that they're clearly spreading this out as much as possible. This feels like it should have happened maybe one, two episodes after the last one because they've been gone about three months in screen time. In, like, on-screen time. It doesn't really make any sense. And also, the end of this episode suggests that the sisters can break him out and then they're going to be right back in the next episode. But they're not going to be back for about five, six weeks at least. So, you know... 
what can you do? But the actual core of the episode was good. Like I said, not as good as the first one, but there's such great characters, and they bring so much to the show that's endlessly entertaining to watch. And they also elevate the rest of it, because Grant Gustin does a really earnest job as um, Barry, but playing off um, Dominic Perse and Wentworth Miller, there's such brilliant personalities and they really get what shows should be and they do a good job so i'll go with probably four out of five last week's episode was fantastic mid-season finale it was pretty good mid-season opener i like the fact that barry's revealed himself that showed up a lot of cool plot points but you know yeah it's little bits of niggles like it doesn't quite work as a big seasonal thing because like this still haven't revealed whether like frigging Harrison is actually reverse flash or not there's a tease where you think he might step out of his wheelchair and use super speed but he might just step out of his wheelchair and get a phone call 911 when Barry gets murdered by a drone so there you go anyway, I'm looking forward to the next episode see where Firestorm stuff goes and I'll probably go 4 out of 5 so yeah very good very much enjoyed that and we're back and I've just watched the Flash episode 10, 11 season 1 The Sound and Fury which pays off a plot thread from last week I was surprisingly surprised about it recaps um, it features the son of Mr. Missive Rathaway you know those two arseholes um, Michael uh, Schofield and Lincoln Burroughs robbed and stole paint from it was like they disowned their son we get an indication of why they disowned him here because he is a complete psychopath this episode starts with Barry and he's having fun he's being a real superhero he's saving day and he defeats these um, chess themed super villains named the Royal Flush Gang and it's like oh it's a chess motif this week it sure is Barry defeats them by using their uh, destinations against them by creating detours to force them to get into the same place and stealing their keys because they're on motorbikes and it's like oh okay Barry is that how you going to use super speed now but it's fine F1 congratulates Barry they're like well done Barry well done my boy you used your super speed to stop them despite the fact that you've literally run so fast in previous episodes, you could have just knocked them off their bikes. You didn't need to create diversions. But the show sometimes does forget that Barry's speed is about, on average at the moment, about 500 miles an hour. They cannot escape him. Like, seriously, even if they're all going six miles an hour in different directions, he should, in theory, be able to stop them in a matter of seconds. But what do I know? I'm just the guy who recaps the show and keeps track of his average speed. So Barry stops him. Everyone's like, Barry... Barry, Barry. But then um, Harrison's at home and he's like, oh, I can finally stand up. So he stands up and he's like, oh, I can finally put music on. So he puts some classical music on and he grabs some whiskey and he's like, I'm so happy. And then vibrations start and his house starts falling down around him and Harrison's like, ah! But he uses super speed to run out of the way because he has super speed. And then he falls over and he's like, no! And then he narrowly avoids some glass and then hears a voice going, Harrison, I know your secret. So, ooh, what secret? What secret? They know Harrison's working for the man in the yellow suit because that would cause tension with Team Flash. But maybe Harrison has a really good reason for working for the man in the yellow suit. Also, if you ever wondered, maybe Harrison waves, maybe his name's an anagram. Who knows? You know, who knows? So then it cuts to later on and Harrison's saying please look it's all fine he ain't still anything it's just a prank and Joe's like that's not a prank that's attempted murder and Harrison's like look people hate me because I almost blew up some of the city and dark matter and all that energy you know but it's okay it's fine I'm a man 
And like, okay, you are, man, that's true. And then he's like, look, just go away. But then Star Labs talked to him, Cisco, Caitlin Baring, Harrison. And Harrison's like, look, it was this guy Hartley who we used to work with. Barry's like, you haven't mentioned him. And he's like, no, but, you know, he was he was always part of the team. He was saying wrong is there. And we cut the flashback of Cisco's first day when Hartley, this little Harry Potter-looking motherfucker, is saying shit like, you know, Cisco, you're you, you dumb, you're dumb, Cisco. I'm I'm Harrison's boy. And Harrison's like, I can have two boys. And Hartley's like, no, you can't. And Caitlin walks up and she's like, don't mind Hartley, he's a, he's he's an arsehole. And it's like, Caitlin, that's really harsh. You know, you fail the base test on a weekly basis and you root this guy. You're bullying him, Caitlin. But she's like, it's fine because I'm with Ron. He's been going out for a year and he's going to take me out tonight. And Cisco's like, cool. And she's like, okay. Walks off. Cisco's, that's nice. She's nice. And then turns Hartley, you're a dick. And Hartley's like, yeah, yeah. She's ratty little team. Like, ah. So then cut to present and it's like, you know, yay, they mentioned Wrongy, but he's not in the flashback, fine. So then it's sort of like, we can stop Hartley, um, but we need to find him first. He's made some special gloves and Harrison's like, look, Barry, you need to understand, before you, Hartley was my boy. It was Hartley, then it was Cisco, and that's you. You know, progression of boys, boys to men, boys to men. So you have actual super speed, Barry, so you're very fast. So then uh, Hartley starts destroying his parents' building. It's like, oh, no, but we don't see his parents, despite the fact they showed up last week. It's like, okay, you're re-rushing through the plot threads here, but also slam back on love them at the same time. So <laughs> he's using his gloves, and Barry's like, yeah, I'm going to beat up nerd. And Barry beats the crap out of him. And this guy's like, I, I fire beams at you of... of vibration engine Barry's like I'd break your beams and he slaps him down and then Hartley's like dude whoever you are you're an idiot and then Barry sent flying backwards by an explosion and Hartley almost gets away and then Barry catches up to him so like not say nerd and breaks his gloves and goes your ass go in prison no our prison so then they take Barry they take Hartley back to Star Labs and Hartley's like you know, oh, I didn't want to be here. This isn't part of my plan. Cisco starts going to do, what are you talking about? Is this part of your plan, Hartley's like, I'll never do. And none of these people have watched The Avengers or The Dark Knight or Skyfall or Mission Impossible, Road Nation or any of movies where Bedlam lets himself get caught. So then he can cause incredible damage on your infrastructure. And indeed, Hartley does cause incredible damage on the infrastructure. After we cut the flash, after we cut, oh, after we see him say, Caitlin, hey, Caitlin, how, where's my wedding invite? And Caitlin starts crying. Cisco's like, get your ass in there, motherfucker. And they put him in pipeline, and he's, and Cisco's like, dude, take those earpieces out. And Hartley's like, dude, I have to hit Nidus. I have to keep these in. And Cisco's like, okay, I trust you. And it's like, Cisco, he's literally going to use them as a bomb. Cisco, even I know Cisco, even I know and I'm watching this as an impartial observer. I know he's going to use it as a bomb, and you guys don't. And meanwhile, Harrison says, Barry, look, Barry, I'm sorry. I, I've been vaguely letting you down and all that jazz, but you know, stuff, stuff, Barry, stuff. Wrong, Barry, wrong. Well, my subplot this week is... Iris wants to be a journalist. So she joins a terrible local paper. I've got, 
She joins terrible luck paper, and everyone's like, Iris, look, you're on flash duty. And she's upset. She's like, I, I can constantly be more than this. It's like, Iris, you've literally gone from a blog when you have a job. You worked at Jitters. You've gone from a blog working Jitters to being a reporter, and you're upset because they want you to report on flash. Like, just report on Flash. You do it for the blog already. Do it for money, Iris. She's trying to make this out be an existential crisis. And it's like, it's really not. She acts like they're all patronised. And says, Iris, you bring something unique to this paper, which is your stories on Flash. Just take the blog shit and make it into newspaper stuff, you know? Like, I'm sure they won't hear about the Burning Man or that bollocks again, you know? So, ah, Iris, come on, Iris, come on. So then um, Iris is sad at working paper. And then Hartley's like, ha, ah, I'm going to break out. I'm going to use these. Um, I'm going to break out my say We don't find out how. But then he's like, ha, ah. so he blows up um, a door and Cisco goes flying. And he sneaks up on Caitlin and knocks her out. This after Cisco's like, maybe he wants to be trapped. Maybe he's implying something earlier. So then Harrison's like, you know, he tries to run away, but speed gives out, and he falls to the ground. It's like, ah! And Hartley grabs his gloves and it's like, he called me Pied Piper, bitch. I'm going to take you to Hamley. Harrison's like, dude, I may or may not be from the future. I don't understand that reference. Hartley's like, no. What's they, what's they saying, Harry Potter? Spur the armors, bitch. And then goes knock out Hartley goes to knock out Harrison but doesn't then we cut to the next scene Harrison sat up and Barry and Cisco wakes up and Barry's like Cisco you have concussions so you sit there for a bit then goes Harrison how did Hartley go away why didn't he kill you and Harrison's like I, I don't know maybe he stole some stuff from the Starlab server and then they track down Hartley who's blowing up cars on the freeway and Hartley's like oh people might die but it's okay because I'll get my chance at revenge on Flash and then Flash is like, ah, I'm going to beat you up, you little nerd. He grabs the glove, smashes him. Hartley's like, dude, seriously? The exact same trick again? I've covered this shit. And then Glove start emitting a sonic wave and it knocks out Barry, no, knocks down Barry and starts lick-fying his organs. And Hartley's like, dude, murder's cool. I'm a supervillain. I'm Pied Piper, bitch. And Barry's like, ah! And Harrison's like, I know, I'll stop this little nerd. And he's like, Cisco. Give me a sick beat. And Cisco goes to get a sick beat. And then Harrison turns all the radios on, and satellites and stuff. Uses science to turn about 5,000 times the amount it'd normally be up. And Hartley's like, oh no, my tit night just, ah, and he starts screaming, falls down. Barry gets up and Barry's like, you little nerd. You're going back to Star Labs. And they turn back to Star Labs and they put him right back in the pipeline. And it's like, he knows how to escape the pipeline. And Barry's like, I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, and um, Harrison admits that he um, caused the particle accelerator crash, or at least he knew he might, it might blow up, and he did it anyway. So I, a reporter, Iris, was being patronised by Ola. says, Harrison, you going to be the new particle accelerator? So he says, Iris West, do you have a question? She asks the same question, and he's like, no, no more questions. And what's, oh, that's pimp as fuck. That's proper, Barry. I'm going to give your reporter a scoop, and you... You better give her a scoop because, you no, know, Eddie, Eddie ain't going to live forever. Eddie Fawn, you know, that, that cop, he's going to be dead by mid-season. It's almost coming up. He ain't going to make a few more episodes. And Cisco's like, Harrison, can we murder Hartley? Harrison's like, no, Barry will find out my secret if we did. And Cisco's like, you have a secret? And Harrison's like, oh, never tell. And Cisco's like, okay, fine. So then, um, so then Barry... 
Barry's uh, stuff, you know. And then Cisco walks up, Hart, Hartling, he goes, he goes, look, you know, you ain't never getting out of there. And Hartling's like, I am. And Cisco's like, you ain't never getting out of there, man. We took your ear pieces. And Hartley's like, well, one, I'm not painting clean, didn't. And two, I will, you will let me out, and I'll tell you why. And Cisco's like, why? And Hartley's like, I know where Ronnie is. And it's like, yeah, he's living under young past. You found Ronnie. You can't find him again. And Hartley's like, I know exactly what happened that night. And it's all like, Cisco's like, oh, my God, they retconned the situation. Dude, are you... Paradox? Are you a parasite? Are you invading our memories? And this guy, like Rick and Morty's heart and it's like, I am nothing like Rick and Morty. That's where the episode. That's where the bit ends. And then we cut to um, Joe and Eddie and Eddie sort of like I search Harrison's place, and Joe's like, there's something weird about that Harrison. You know what, Eddie? I think he can walk, and Eddie's like, no. Then we cut to the post-credit bit, and Harrison's wearing the tachyon device, and he's like, give me more speed and. Gideon, the AI, is like, you, you have max speed. You can't take any more. And Ashton's like, God damn it. He looks at Yo's suit and says, say, soon, baby, soon. Just isn't it very vague. Is he, the guy, is he actually got in yellow suit or is he just working for him? And is the yellow suit sent him? And also, what's Harrison Wales and Angram for? I don't know, but hopefully these questions will be solved in future episodes. Anyway, that's, um, that's it for this week. This episode was uh, three out of five. I wasn't particularly impressed by it it was okay it's watchable but i think it could be much much better but anyway that's a wrap for this week um really enjoyed this episode my voice saved up a lot better and i'm looking forward to come back next week i might do something different next week because my brother is down from america for a week so i might just do a commentary or something on uh might do a live commentary on the next episode or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I'll figure out something. Until next week, remember, life is beautiful. Peace out, y'all. Oh, my lordy, lordy, lordy. Episode dozen. A baker's dozen. A baker's dozen. A flash. A baker's dozen. Flashy goodness this week. It's the episode that comes after episode 11. It's the episode where everything changes forever. Forever, forever, except it doesn't because not a lot happens in this episode. But things happen, stuff happens, things, reasons, situations, escalation, problems, scenarios, complications. It all happens in this episode for The Flash. Oh, it, boy does it, boy does it, stuff happens this week. It starts with a problem in, in Central City, a problem, a, a problem of criminal in- Proportions? No. A problem of rats and road rage fires. Ah. And you think, hey, wait a second, fires? Fire? 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 Firestorm? Fire? Fire? Firestorm? Ronnie Raymond? You think, wow, could he be in this episode? Well, you'll find out later. But for now, no, he's not in this episode as of this point. Because the Flash has saved the day. He runs faster than he's ever run before. Arena is a dad and his son. And from blowing up in the car or beating, I can't black out at that point. Everyone's like, yeah, Barry, yeah, you run faster than you've ever run before. And it's like, can we get an exact speed at which Barry run? Because I'm trying to keep up for this. Because I, last I heard, it's about, what, 700 miles an hour? And that's fastest he's ever run. We're talking 701 miles an hour? We're talking 800? We're talking a billion miles an hour? It's sort of like, can we get some, some, some idea of how fast? No, no, sure. Okay, we won't. Screw it. Okay, that's fine. 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's like the Eddie's reverse task reverse task force for the Flash. It's like Iris's role as a reporter. It's like Joe being scared that Iris might be murdered. You know, it's 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 Harrison being being up by reverse Flash. It's reverse Flash being out there or the man in your suit web. It's like all of these things. Like they, they don't matter. We got Firestorm to deal with. We we got that's the plot at the moment. Firestorm, which will tie back into Rester at some point, I'm sure. But for now, that's it. So then we find out there's a woman who can teleport. She's like, teleport, port, 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 port. And she breaks her boyfriend out of prison. And he's like, well, you, wait, what happened? She's like, no, no, I'll explain later. Well, it has something to do with the dark matter explosion. But again, it took her 11 months to get involved, you know? It took her a long-ass time to master her ability. And so, like, how is, is there something wrong with the water in Central Satan? It takes all these people this long to master their abilities. Or was she in a convenient coma for nine months just like Barry Allen? You know, it's like... It, it, at this point, it's starting to get a bit ridiculous. And that they were just all sat around doing nothing until Flash showed up. And some of them sat around for months after that doing nothing. Then they were like, oh, no, now we mastered it. We're going to, like... What was she doing for money at this point? No, her name's Shauna Bays, um, and yeah, she she can teleport. She breaks partner out of jail, and then he's still like, "Babe, that's so sexy." But no, we we gotta steal some stuff. Everyone's like, ah, and Cisco's torn up because this episode takes place right after the last one, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, I have to find wrong." And Caitlin's like, "No, no, I don't want you to find wrong." And Cisco's like, "Okay," but Hartling, Caitlin's like, "I'm locking it down, Cisco. Don't do it. Don't do it." And Cisco's like, okay, you know, in his head he's thinking, okay, it's fine, it's fine, I get it. Wink, wink, no, it's no, I'll break Hartley out of prison, of his pipeline prison. Which case, that prison's a bit sketchy, I'm just going to say Because the Arrow, like, they, they dropped the mile in Jeff Shaw, but Arrow deals exclusively with murderers and mercenaries. You're literally just locking people up without any due process. It's, it's weird. And Arrow only does it for those criminals who I understand from watching that episode. You know, I, I'm getting the sense that it's only for the worst of worst, you know. Not that I have anything back that up with. Not that I've seen showing I was just playing dumb, you know. But Flash is like, you, you're a met human getting, getting pipeline. It's like for everything. It's weird. So then... Uh, Joe and Barrett prison, and they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a met human. It's like the the guy who was in prison was teleporting. It couldn't possibly be someone broke him out, you know. And it's also raising the question of if he could teleport out, why would have waited eleven months, you know? Or why was partner of waiting eleven months? That's no here nor there. So then Henry comes by, Henry Allen, and it's like Barry and Barry's like Dad and Henry's like son and they have a touching moment and Joe's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I didn't engineer this moment. For you know, to get us nominated from Emmy, and then Henry's like Barry, I can do some recon prison. Barry's like, no, no, that's that's really dumb. You will get stabbed. And Henry's like, okay. And then he winks at Barry because we're getting a lot this episode. So I'm like, I won't do that. Wink, wink. <laughs> so then from there we see Pika, we see Sean Bays and her boyfriend. He's still, she's like, we can literally go anywhere. We can teleport anywhere on planet as long as I can see it. So I can just go from place to place. He's like, no, no, but this small town Central Sea criminal, I own money, he'll track us down my voice. It's like, just go to London. It's like, he'll track us down. It's like, how? 
How is he going to track you down? He's literally a Central Sea criminal who is so unimportant. We've never heard of him at this point. You know, it's like, how... He's just, and his crew, when we find watch him later on, consists of like three guys who die immediately. It's like, it's, these Central Sea criminals aren't particularly bright on the lower end or the high end. So then um, she's like, so then they're like, hey, we'll steal some stuff and then we'll be all clear. So they steal some stuff, but Barry's like, oh, I found you, ha, ha, ha. And this woman's like, yeah, but can you catch me? And Barry's like, well, yeah, I can. And she teleports away and he's like, wait, what? And then he tries to catch her, but he can't because she's teleporting too fast for him, which doesn't make any sense. But might explain why they didn't tell us how fast he could possibly go. Because if they had, people would have been even more like, wait, what? That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because, okay, she can teleport. I understand that. I get I completely understand. I get what they're going for. But to teleport, she has to actively think about what she's doing. And Barry can run at least 700 miles an hour. How on God's earth, that's, how is she able to, you know, like, how is she able to do that? To think before he can run after her. It's so silly. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And it's the latest case where it's sort of like, Barry, you should be beating this. You should be winning this in like seconds. But apparently she's mastered her ability and he hasn't. I mean, maybe she had more time to practice. I don't know, but it's weird. I mean, comic books, fair enough. You know, if she could teleport to like Africa or something like that or France or Germany or somewhere, fine. She's literally teleporting two meet, two centimeters away from Barry. And he's like, I can't catch her. I can't do it. And then Barry finally almost catches her. And then boyfriend fires a bullet, and Barry catches it. But he catches it just as it goes into his neck, and it's like, ow! And then he falls down. And then the the bad guys get away. It's like, how did they get away, Barry? You literally heal from the most incredibly insane stuff in a matter of minutes. And a bullet that grazed your neck. And you're just like, ow! And then Barry goes to Star Labs. And Barry's like, ow. And Caitlin's like, shut, Barry. And then Caitlin's like, hey, Barry, do you remember? We have some slight sexual chemistry. We have some slight chemistry, relationships. So more than friends chemistry. Me, us two characters. Why don't we go out to a pub? You know, because we found out conveniently that, like, this woman, Sean, her hands out in bars. So we can use that. We can go out for a drink, you know. Totally platonic. And Barry's like, well, yeah, sure. But in the actual episode, Barry, it's Barry's idea, not Caitlin's. I've changed it because it's more interesting to me this way. You know, it's a bit like Tony and Iris. It's the weird, if weird chemistry that I don't think the show intended. But at least this time, it seems like they're wronging Barry and Caitlin. Which is good, because Wrongy is a fucking, you know, fire boy. At this point. Oh, in the subplot, Cisco Blake's cut Hartley, aka Pipe Pipe, aka Harry Potter boy, out of the pipeline. And they go in search of answers for Ronnie. And Hartley tries to get dropped on Cisco, but Cisco has a remote control and it creates a sound only Hartley can hear because apparently Hartley's soup hearing. I don't know if that established last week, but that's fine. And Hartley's like, no! And Cisco's like, ha ha ha, I beat you. This device. This device controls your hearing. If I was to lose this device, that would be bad, but I'm not going to lose it. So then they go to an office somewhere, and Hartley's like, look, Professor Stein was there the night of the explosion. And I'm like, that's not Professor Stein, that's Jack Briss. So they're really merging lots of universes into this show. you got, like, 
Michael Lincoln of Prison Breaker there, T-Bath Prison Breaker is there, but he doesn't know who he is. Apparently Jack Briscoe has been reborn as a scientist, which is cool. And then they slurp down, they go, Professor Stein was dealt with transfiguration, trans-metaphorization, trans-something, Firestorm. And keep saying word Firestorm whenever I have to question the science. So then Cisco's like, look at the screen. And if you see the screen for a second, Ronnie merges with Professor Stein to create a super man with the muscles and a brain and a man with a brain and a bigger brain. So they've got like super brain. They've got all muscles. Like the wisdom of an old man in body of a young man's terrifying. You know, that's something unique to DC, I think. You know, it needs to show... I don't think they've ever had a character like that in history of fiction. But this show has it, so that's very cool. And then Cisco's like, wait, but what's been happening for the last 11 months with them? And then Hartley's like, oh, yes, this guy forgot. I'm going to take out... You forgot in the last episode where I could conveniently take out my um my ear implants and use them as, like, super bombs. And uses it, and Cisco falls ground, and Hartley's like, yeah, fuck you, Cisco, and kicks him a few times and goes, yeah, but remember, I hid up my part of bargains, so don't come after me, and then he runs off. Bye, Hartley, we'll see you probably in season finale. I'm sure they'll tie that back in somehow. So then Cisco tells F1 we doing it, like, Cisco, why wouldn't you just tell us? Uh, no, no, because we, then we flash back to Barry and Caitlin at the bar, and Caitlin's like, hey, Barry, you should get drunk with me on stage, and we'll sing, and they start singing, and Barry's a really good singer, and Caitlin's a really awful singer, and she's like, Barry, how, why are you so good at singing? And Barry's like, no, no, shrugging, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like the actor had a popular guest recurring role as a villainous character on a rather popular show where people sung a lot. Almost like that, but I'm sure that can't be the case, you know? Anyway, in a moment of gleefulness, Barry meets a woman named Linda Park, and she's sort of like, hey, you're Barry, right? And he's like, how do you know my name? She's like, your friend, Leda Chant, or Barry, Barry, Barry. And Caitlin's in the bathroom throwing up at this point, and also she's got a really sparkly dress on, so you know, got to continue that chemistry thing. So then Caitlin is like, ha ah. and then Linda's like, hey, you know, you not pick up on my signals, so that you know there's an app where if you have the app and you touch someone's phone, they get all your contact information, Barry's like, uh, okay, so it's like, here you go, taps his phone, and somehow he already has the app installed, which is like, if she puts some spyware on his phone, because he did not know about this app, but now... She's touched his phone and he has downloaded her contact information. Despite not having the app that he needs to do that. That's sketchy as shit. I think this woman might be a villain. I think she's... I don't know Flash comics very well. But I think she's probably, I don't know, a, a wizard of some kind, you know. I'm just like, you know, maybe she's got something to do with the Philosopher's Stone or something like that. I don't know, you know. Who knows, who knows. Anyway, this... um. Caitlin comes back and starts like, Barry, I'm going to be sick. So he rushes her outside and she throws up and he holds her hair back, which is a very, very nice thing to do. And also slightly sets it, but also very nice because no woman wants to get vomit in her hair. It's just science. So then he rushes her back home and she's like, Barry, Barry, Barry. And he's like, what? She's like, give me a hand. And she pulls down her dress to rule she's just in her bra and probably some underwear but she can't get dressed down or when she's like Barry Barry can you assist me so he's like it's, it's sketchy but okay next thing you know he's 
he does some flash hurry and she's in her pajamas and she goes to bed and she says, Barry, you know, if you want to look, you, you want to take peak you, uh, goods, you could. And Barry's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a good guy. And she's like, it's fine. You do so much for the sitting. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, I, I find this very problematic on many, many different levels. And I have to wonder whether the actor and actress in this scene were comfortable with something such weird undertones. Anyway, Caitlin goes to sleep and Barry goes home, you know, because he's gentleman. Despite the fact that he should have left the second he brought her inside the flat, to be honest, you know. It's like, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's a lot of uncomfortable stones this scene. And then next morning, Caitlin comes in. She's really hungover and she's like, oh, I'm so, so pissed off. I'm so pissed off. So hungover. And they find... Harrison's furious, he's like, I haven't had much this week, but Cisco let Hartley out, and they're like, why? And Cisco's like, because I thought he could leave me to Wrongy, and Caitlin's like, I told you not to, and Cisco's like, I did it for me, Caitlin, I was friends with Wrongy too, it's my family, my boy, I want him back on the show, you know? More superheroes, we need two on Team Flash, Flash and Firestorm, then we'll change the name of the show, we'll call it Flash and Firestorm, and Harrison's like, Cisco, you had no right to do that. And then they all decide to get over their anger with each other you know because it's nearing the end of the episode so then Barry's chasing after this woman who's teleporting everywhere you know and she's driving away with a partner in car oh no wait no that's before that and um, Barry's dad gets stabbed for um you know asking information about the score and things like that from the mobster and Barry takes the guy who stabbed his dad and goes, where's the score? And the guy's like, it's in this place. And Barry's like, fine, okay, now you're going to stay outside prison and they're going to put five years on sentence, which is probably at least, probably not even making sense because, like, you just tried to murder someone. You've probably already got ten years on sentence. Why are you worried about another five? You just tried to stab Henry Allen, you piece of shit. He has police backing, bro. And then Barry goes to stop um, Sean, the uh, AKA Peekaboo, named by Caitlin which is why it's such a sailing name, and Clay Parker, and Barry can't stop her, she teleports too fast, but then Harrison's like, Barry, I've got an idea, destroy the light, if she can't see where she's going, you know, then you can catch her, and Barry's like, yes, so he smashes all the lights of crowbar, and then this woman's like, no, and Barry runs up in the car and sees her, and she's like, really sad, and goes, he already, my partner left, Clay left, and Barry's like, oh no, I can't catch him, he's like, Barry, you do not, somehow you do not remember Barry that you literally run faster than these people can even think how do you not manage to catch Clay he's running on foot he's been shot in the leg oh my god and then Barry and then we get our usual end parts where like Cisco and Caitlin are like hey you know we're okay we're all fine um Barry meets that virus and um He's sort of like, oh, Iris, you know, uh, blah, blah. oh no, before that, Barry and Caitlin meet, and they both agree they should move on, and they have a really cute, awkward moment, and then Barry's like, I'll see you tomorrow, and he walks off, and Caitlin smiles and goes, yeah, and it's all like, are they going there? Are they going to have Barry and Caitlin together? Because, like, it's kind of weird, the, the undertones that bedroom scene were strange, but, like, they do have some chemistry, so that should be cool, but no, ignore that, because the very next scene has Barry run it's flash give Irish 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 give Iris um a a dossier and going, Oh, here's you need to find Clay Parker. 
Ning runs off, but she takes a picture of him, a perfect picture of his face and all, and so like, oh no, they're going to realise Barry is like this guy. So then Barry goes to see Linda, the woman he met at bar, at paper and says, Iris, Iris, I can't do this with you now. I'm on date. Bye. And Iris is like, oh, okay. You know, she's like, I'm not jealous. I'm not Barry. It's a long recap for an episode where not much happened. And then from there we cut to prison where um, Henry is recovering from stabbing. And Barry's like, Dad, I'm sorry you got stabbed. And Dad's, his dad's like, hey, Barry, you know what I'm not sorry about? My theory, and my theory is that you're a flash, and tell you why, because Joe was in trouble and he got saved, and I was in trouble, and the very next moment, some, the dude who stabbed me was trying to escape from prison, and then kept saying flash, broke him out, you know, and Barry's like, dad, if I was a flash, I'd break you out of prison, surely, and then, I'm not even joking about this part, and then Guy Blaze Henry destroys it from an amazing sequence, where he's like, okay, one Barry, nope. The Flash is a hero too. I'd be proud of the Flash. Three, if I was the Flash's, and I te- three, if I was the Flash's dad, I'd tend to be careful. And F- Barry, it seems like this, which makes the show such delight. To get for it. it's not best plotted show, it's not best written show, but occasionally they just stop and they give at decent actors a chance to shine. Just. Like, this scene's perfect. Like, I, I actually perfect. Like, it's a perfect way to end the episode. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Though, scenes like that are 5 out of 5 worthy of my book. You know, the rest of the show is probably free, but that's fine. That's really, really good. So I enjoyed the episode. Um, Pink Bird's a bit crap, villain-wise. A bit silly with all Hartley stuff. And why does Cisco think he can trust him and get drop on him and all that? But... The best part, well, not best part, the weirdest part of the episode is the end bit where two guys are in sewer, two construction guys, and they're like, oh, there's power outage and stuff, you know, we need to sort out power outage. And then they find a room, and it's a cav- cave, cavernous area, and on walls written words, Grog, is like, oh, no. And Grog, Grog, and they hear growling, and one of them's like, oh, what? And one of them is pulled into darkness by a giant gorilla! And it's like, oh, my God! And the other guy's like, nah! So he runs off, he's like, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, please, God, and gorilla grabs him. And you think he's going to say something like, you know, not God, Grog or something. But he's like, rah! And he pulls him, and he rips him around the corner, and I assume he eats him to bits. And so, oh, my God. The gorilla's been in... Then you've then don't me the gorillas being in the sewers for eleven months are only just now finding out. Central City does not have a particularly good public public sanitation. Every aspect of the bureaucracy or the organization or the institutionalized nature of Central City is broken on so many levels. You've got gorillas in the sewers eating people and right scratching on walls and growling. You know, it's like what on earth is going on in this city but i'm sure we'll find out in the next episode and maybe we'll find out more about firestorm fire and storm uh this episode was three out of five but two five out of five moments so that's encouraging and it'll be interesting to see how the next episode follows up with ignoring plot threads the same way they ignore the fact that uh, michael schofield and lincoln burroughs were broken out of prison by a sister we've never seen before you know, 
retconning prison break, why not? At this point, the show's done all. So it's 21 minutes plus coming on that episode. And it wasn't even that detailed, but it's just stuff happened and I got infused, I guess. Anyway, I'll back in sec for episode 13. Hello, and I'm back. I've just watched the episode 13 of Flash Season 1 The Nuclear Man, which deals with one's favourite superhero, Firestorm! Firestorm, the storm that fires, but not the fire that storms. Firestorm's back this week, folks, and it's another cracking episode of Flash with a bunch of twists, turns, scenarios, and situations of a potentially adult nature. The episode starts with where last week wound off with Barry and a woman named Linda Park. Wait, did they meet up last week? I guess they did. And Barry's like, I'm going on a date. I'm going on a date. And I'm like, Barry, don't be an arsehole. Some of us, like, some of us haven't had the best luck recently. So then Barry's on date. And then scenario happens. He's got to save an old lady from robbery. And then he meets up with Date and he's like, hey Linda, I'm back. And then it's like, oh no, Barry, it's not a problem. So he has to stop a jumper. So he brings the jumper down and then he's sort of like, yay, Barry, the Flash saved you. And Jumper's like, am I allowed to go back up there? And he's sort of like, no, no, trust me. Eddie's been up there many times. You can't go back up there. So Barry's date seems to go okay and gets a lovely kiss from the lovely Linda Park. A nice sweet little kiss that symbolises that they might be a couple in the near or present future. So then from there we cut to um, the continuing attempts to find Firestorm. Because it turns out that Firestorm is walking around crazy, batshit crazy. Like we learned in the last episode that he's a combination of Martin Stein and Ronnie Raymond. And in this episode he meets up with a colleague of Martin Stein's and sort of like, please help me. But then he accidentally blows up and burns man to a crisp. We don't, don't see. He's in a he's in a bag, but we have to assume he's been burnt to a crisp. And it should be first of many times in this episode or this recap of episode thirteen. Well, I point out the guy playing Firestorm, Ronnie Raymond, is named Robbie Amir. He's the brother or cousin rather of Stephen Amir, who plays Arrow. And I would say this many times, like I just said, he does a amazing job in this episode because he's basically playing three people. He's playing Ron Raymond. He's playing Martin Stein in Ron Raymond's body. And he's playing Martin Stein and Ron Raymond at the same time in the same body. So it's quite a difficult performance, but he does a memorable job. So then our team find out that Martin Stein's in his body. And they were like, wait, what? And everyone's like, what? Crazy. And they're sort of like, how are we going to deal with this development? Oh, we, because Ron almost murdered someone, they have to bring him in. A pipeline, you know? They've forgotten about Pipe Pipe Piper of Pittstown from last week. No, it's Firestorm all way this week. They're going to trap him. They're going to trap him. But in the meantime, Barry's going to go on some dates with Linda Park. And also Joe and Cisco are going to go on their own little quest to find out who murdered Barry's mother. So they've got three plots this week. And Iris being jealous over uh, Linda and Barry, which is kind of a go-nothing side plot, but what I can do. So this episode really features a, a few scenes, a, a flashback, two flashbacks, one to Barry meeting Stein on train when he's coming back from, I guess, Arrow City or wherever it was. You have a lovely little chat, because you find out that Martin Stein's played by the 
ever awesome, Victor Garber. People who know him from Jack Brister and Alias, um, a few other bits and pieces. He's in Titanic. And he is a exceptionally good actor. Very theatrical, but very good at the same time. And after destroying it, the scene with uh, Grant Gustin playing Barry Allen, flashback, nice little sequence where Barry's still like, I'm not dang Iris, I'm not, but I could, but I'm not, but I want to, but I'm not. And Fester Stein's like, I feel like I've caught up on 13 episodes of Flash. Thank you, Barry. So then they have a nice chat, which will be foreshadowing for later on. And then in your flashback, we find out Professor Stein was there the night of the Park Woods Air Raider explosion. And he was bringing a golden flashing box with him, which apparently meshed with the dark matter, antimatter, whatever it's called, NG. And um, united him and wronging eternal matrimony of inside body. They don't explain why he had that stuff at Star Labs that night. Maybe I'll pick that up in the next episode. But along the way you get more scenes of Martin or we get scenes of Martin Stein's backstory. In the present we get find out that he has a wife, Clarissa, and he's in Ronnie's body. Martin Stein's the dominant brain, so Ronnie's just a muscle, which is kind of weird, but okay. They do a really good job of portraying that Martin and Clarissa have a really gentle, sweet, romantic love story going on. And also a nice little miniarch, because Clarissa's worried that Martin doesn't love her anymore. And then Martin comes back and forms a hungry 20-something actor in a CW show, and she's like suddenly gets really thirsty for him, which is interesting. No, that's kind of a uh, weird sort of overreaction on my part, but they have good chemistry, and it's a nice little romantic like subplot and probably um nice as possible it's a lot better played than the caitlin Ronnie stuff which doesn't really feel particularly interesting especially after caitlin all but showed how much she wanted this bit of barry's speed force inside her last week and barry fit the same way i think but he won't don't dwell on that a subplot of subplot himself, Cisco and Joe investigating the murder of Barry's mother by going to the house where Barry used to live and run into a mother you like to socialise with. Because she is very thirsty, literally, she talks about strawberry daiquiris a lot, and she wants a bit of Joe, a cup of Joe in the morning. And Joe's like, no, I just want to investigate the murder of my foster son's mother. And this woman's so like, we know what you say about strawberry daiquiri. It's sinful. And Cisco's like, Joe, if you want to hit that, that's cool. And Joe's like, no, I, I, I really, really don't. So then they're investigating. And Cisco finds an old mirror. And he realises it's covered in what he calls silver nitrate. And Cisco claims... Two speedsters run about so much would create photographs. And I, I don't really think that's true in any stretch of imagination, but they run with that. And Cisco somehow manages to mock up a holographic video representation or holographic slideshow of that evening. So he sees all the pictures and they find out there's blood on the wall behind the wallpaper. And Joe's sort of like, I got you, son of a bitch. And Cisco's like, got her. And Joe's like, just run blood, Cisco. I think I know, Joe thinks he knows who it belongs to. So then from there we cut to um, Barry's second date. But he's pulled away in the middle of getting hot and heavy with the lovely Linda Park. She is quite lovely. So they're getting hot and heavy and Barry's getting nervous. And I think the show's going through this idea that Barry gets too excited. He's going to like vibrate or something, something untoward. They kind of play it a bit more subtle than you expect for a CW show. 
Then Barry sent text by Caitlin, just says, was Firestorm, exclamation mark. So Barry runs off to fight Firestorm, who's at Clarissa's house. They tried to trap him, lure him there, bait. And Firestorm beats crap out of Barry, because um, Barry forgets and he has super speed. And they also forget that Cisco made a cold gun. And it's one of those things that gets you about a show like this. Eventually you're like, Cisco made the cold gun. Why wouldn't he make another cold gun for dealing with Firestorm where he could cool down the amount of heat he's producing? But they don't think about that. And we're not meant to think about it either. Then Firestorm flies Barry into the sky and sets him on fire and goes from a truck, but then saves him at the last minute, throws him on ground, goes to bombard him fire and then Caitlin's like wrongy no and wrongy's wrongy Stein's like ah and they talk him and come back with them and he's like okay no I, I get that later on at Star Labs they drug the shit out of Ronnie and Martin with antipsychotics and he says I feel much clearer also I've had a shave I had a shave a few days ago I feel much much clearer I still feel much clearer so then we go to the and my voice is better too, that's awesome. So then we go to Star Labs where everyone's arguing, saying, hey, Rongi might blow up and create nuclear explosion. And Rongi's like, I, I got it. Martin Stein's like, I can hear them. And he says, you young man. And he has to chat with Barry. I remember 11 months ago having train journey of you. And again, no one's sort of like, what have you been eating for 11 months? Because Martin makes jokes about how his taste buds may have changed in and he's not aware. It's like, what have you been subsisting on? Does he need to eat? Does Firestorm eat? Does he poop? Does Firestorm poop? Maybe we'll find out next week. And so, wrong, he, Martin Stein's like, oh, well, if I'm going to explode, then I'm going to leave. And he leaves, and somehow managed to get 30 miles away for anyone notices. Um, Hassan Williams is like, I, I, I might have to shoot wrong in the face. But also, I could use, I can make a quantum splicer. And it's like, what, what do you mean make a quantum splicer? And then Cisco and then Harrison make a quantum splicer. And it's like, wait, what? You guys literally make imaginative future lucrative tech on a whim. It's so bizarre. So then they're like, oh, we have to reunite um, Harrison. We have to reunite um, Martin and, you know, Caitlin. Say, so run, they give. The um device to Professor Stein. He's like, put it on, but then puts on, and he starts about to explode. And he's like, oh, I wish I shot myself. And Caitlin's like, I wish you shot yourself. And Barry's so like, I wish I could run back in time and save my mum. And everyone's like, why'd you say it, Barry? And he's like, oh no, it just felt like it was the right thing to say. So then Barry's running Caitlin way, and then um, oh wait, no, no, before this, sorry, before this, Barry has to go to Iris and says, Iris, why did you tell? Why did you tell Linda I was in love with her? I was in love with you. I was like, didn't say that. And Barry's like, you know, you don't want anyone to have me and you don't want me, so what do you want me to do? And then Barry almost kills himself with Pepper getting back with Linda and she calls him an idiot and then laughs and then kisses him and doesn't seem mind that she's still got peppery breath. So then um, we cut back to the end of the episode where... Um, wrong explodes and Barry runs away from him with Caitlin watching explosion and then it's post credits we cut to General Wade Island who's apparently still alive and he's like ha ah, there's an explosion bring me fast and he's like wait what so there you go there's the episode um I really enjoyed it Robin May was fantastic uh it's not much to say though I mean they derailed the Barry Caitlin plot Oh, shit, sorry. Cisco and Toast Joan, they found adult Barry's blood at the scene. 
you know, take But yeah, pretty good episode. Um, I thought Robin made it fantastic as um, Ron Raymond slash Professor Stein. I thought it was really nice seeing Victor Garber again, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, Barry and Linda stuff was cute. But they really did derail that Barry Caitlin thing. Like, it's just so derailed. It's like it's a schizophrenic writing team. Eddie didn't do anything. I don't know why he was in the episode. You could have had Joe do that. Um, Iris was kind of there, but now apparently she may or may not have feelings for Barring. It's like, um, can we just get them together if we're going that way? Or can we pair Barry with Caitlin? Don't half-ass both of them. So I'd go for probably 3.5 out of 5. The acting was great. There's some nice writing there. But, I mean, at the same time, it was like the entire episode was, oh, um, we got to split, like, Martin and Ronging, it was like, that's it, that's the entire episode, and it wasn't bad, but it was like, that's, I don't like using the term filler, because I don't think it's true, but at the same time, watching this, it's very much like, did you really need a whole episode for that, especially when we know the explosion's not going to kill Ronnie or Martin, or Caitlin, or Barry, or anyone of importance, or anyone at all, so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like first two really good acts of an episode, but I suppose if you only add them as like 20 minutes to 40, you'll miss out on some of those lovely moments of Clarissa. So in that regard, I can see it stretched out a bit. But anyway, pretty good. Um, Hopefully the next episode is a bit more impactful in terms of plot development and stuff like that. But it's pretty good. And uh, yep, episode 14 coming up in just a set. So cool. 3.5 out of 5. Robin Mayer's a really good actor. And Vic Garber is also a really good actor. So it'll be nice to see him interacting next week. In next episode, sorry.